Full Tilt Boogie Podcast here from SEC Country. I'm your host, John Neighbors. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. Lots of things to get to today. And as always, thank you for making us a part of your day today. Arkansas takes on Texas A&M in basketball on the road in College Station. The Aggies are favored by five. But the Aggies aren't that great of a team. have dropped off a lot with the loss of some key players. Can the Razorbacks make it four in a row? We'll talk about that. We'll also get into some of the questions that were posed to me on Twitter or on Facebook. Some people slid into my DMs, which is just fine. I'd rather be at Hot Chicks, but that's okay. I appreciate the questions. We'll get to all of those and discuss some really good questions. So good job, guys. Uh, we'll definitely talk about that. As well as a poll question I put up on Twitter earlier today to get in the nonsense. The best movie with the worst plot. Just something fun I'd like to do. But before we get into that, all you Razorback podcast listeners, you know Hooters is your place for game day. But did you know Hooters now offers online ordering? In fact, they've teamed up with SEC Country to give you $5 off any order of $25 or more, and it's very simple to do. Just visit Hooters.com slash to go to place your order for an upcoming game, and you make sure you use promo code SECFANS, all one word, SECFANS, to receive $5 off any order of $25 or more. Orders must be placed online. So Arkansas, Texas A&M, woo, going on today. It's a late game, 8 p.m. Oh, man, I love those things. Those things are so great. Actually, I can't stand them. I wish every game would just bur- crash and burn if it was an 8 p.m. tip-off, So which means I'm going to have a late podcast after the fact. But that's neither here nor there. I could sit there and come bitch and moan about that the whole time. But instead, I'm going to talk about this game because of a few reasons. Texas A&M is 2-6 in conference, 13-8 overall. They were once a top-five team in the country, but due to some injuries, due to some, some, some suspensions, if I can say it correctly, due to some problems that they've had, they've had a severe drop-off. And then you look at their last five games, they're 2-3 and three in their last five. They're only two wins coming at home against Missouri and against Ole Miss. Not exactly the most marquee of victories, but they do play really good defense. They hold teams to 68 points a game. They uh, score 74, so a nice balance there. They also out-rebound most of their opponents. They're averaging 42 rebounds a game, do very good in that department. And it just seems like on paper that this Texas A&M team is really good, especially down low, which may cause some problems for Arkansas. So it's going to be kind of an interesting matchup because you got Arkansas, who's very guard-heavy, and then Texas A&M, who's very big-heavy. Big-heavy. Down low, post-heavy, whatever you want to call it. They're really good down in the post. And they got some guys that are very big, very athletic. And this game's going to come down to if Daniel Gafford can stay out of foul trouble and play some pretty good defense. Trey Thompson, I think, will be able to get bumped around a little bit. You won't have to rely on him playing much offensively. But it's going to be about can Daniel Gafford play his game, get some points, and just stay out of foul trouble. Because I feel like you're going to get production out of your guards regardless. Daryl Macon's going to go for near 20 points. I think Barford finds his spot a little bit. He's going to go out and get his 15 to 20 points. If Anton Beard can bring a little bit, maybe add in 8 to 10 points, sit C.J. Jones to hit a couple of threes off the bench, uh, maybe count on somebody else, whether it's Dustin Thomas or Orlando Cook or whoever it may be, that's just that's just the recipe. That, that's what it is. Get your high-volume guys like, Beard, or excuse me, like Macon and Barford to hit their shots, to get their points, have Gafford stay out of foul trouble, and get some good bench production, and Arkansas wins this game. And they probably win this game easily. But as we've seen so far this year, that's not always necessarily the case. Texas A&M is favored by five. I like the Razorbacks to cover that at least. I don't know if they're going to win. 
This team has made it so difficult to try to predict whether or not they're going to win the game, whether or not they're going to blow somebody out, whether or not they're who's going to score what, if it's going to be Barford, is it going to be Macon, what, what anybody's going to do. This is one of the most unpredictable Arkansas Razorback basketball teams we've seen in quite some time. Because before, it was always just count on them to win their home games, but count on them to lose the road games. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Now it's all about, well, they'll win some at home, but they'll also lose some. And they'll win some on the road, but they'll also lose some. You don't know which ones it's going to happen. You don't know how they're going to perform. You don't know what matchups are going to be. There's just a lot of weird questions going on uh, with that. But if Arkansas can just not get off to the same slow starts every single time, they'll probably be okay. But that's really been the reason why they've had to come from behind in these games, why they've had to have such nail biters at the very end and in the finish, because Arkansas has struggled in the very beginning, and then they're always feeling like they're having to play catch-up. Happened against Oklahoma State, happened against Georgia, happened against uh, Mississippi. I mean, it just it seems like every single time they get off to a very slow start, and they struggle to overcome that. Now, there's been times where they have, but you don't want to put yourself in that position if you can avoid it. And somebody asked me on Twitter today, how does Arkansas keep from having these slow starts? What's going to fix it? What's going to make everything just change? And, you know, I don't know. My only guess would be you have Daryl Macon in the starting lineup. That's the only thing I can think of. Just have Daryl Macon in the starting lineup because he's the one that's been able to spark it. But then at the same time, do you really want to risk when your second unit comes in to have that much of a drop-off in scoring? I mean, do you really want to change it up that much? So it's kind of a high-risk, high-reward. But I feel like if they just keep with what they're doing now and have Barford out there in, in the starting lineup, it's be have it be Barford and Beard, uh, of course, Daniel Gafford, have Dustin Thomas in there as well. And if I think they went with Adrio Bailey in this previous game. But I guess if you want to stick with him, that's fine, too. I think he's done just fine. I think he's added some. Uh, or if you want to go Darius Hall, too. I really like his game, and I like his hustle plays. But it'd be nice to have him come off the bench, too. What, well, no matter what it is, I feel like you got to have some type of scorer off the bench. And I think Daryl Macon's that guy. He's been playing very well coming off the bench. So maybe that's what he needs. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, folks, but last season, Daryl Macon came off the bench a lot of the year and was able to be that extra spark for the team when they needed them the most. So, I think it might work out if they keep bringing them off the bench. But, you know, if they get off to a slow start against a and I just don't know if Arkansas can pull off another one being that uh, far behind, especially on the road. But we've seen crazier things happen. But either way, I don't like Arkansas to win this game, but it will be a close game no matter what. All right, so... I want to move on to some of the questions that you all have asked me, and I'm trying to do this more consistently, uh, mainly doing it on Mondays, putting out the question on Mondays and putting it on Tuesday's podcast. So hopefully we get more consistent with it because I I said I was going to do it more uh, a while back, but I failed to do so, so I apologize about that. But we have some a, mi- a nice mix, and like I said, some really great questions. I have a, I'm trying to try to get to as many of them as I can, but uh, some great questions from uh, some people mainly on social media. We'll stick with the basketball side since that's what we're talking about right now. And then we will move into the uh, football side of things too because some people had some questions about that. All right, very first question. This comes from Colton. 
He says, what is the highest or how high of a seed do you legitimately see Arkansas being able to get at this year's NCAA tournament? The highest seed I feel like they could probably get to would be five. And the re- the only way that they would get to a five seed is if they literally just went on a, a, a rampage here to close out conference play. Uh, I mean, what, let's see. They're sitting at four and four right now in conference. So they're ha- they're at that exactly or they're almost to the halfway point. They got 10 games left. So if they were to go, say, 8-2, and 8-2, and two, I feel like that would be good enough for them. That put them at 12-6 and six in the conference. Their RPI would be really good. Uh, and it could include nice, solid wins against Auburn and Kentucky at home, which they both get those games in Bud Walton. Uh, both those teams are top 25 teams, or at least tournament teams. So if you can include those in the victories, that would really boost the RPI. And I feel like if they did that, that would put them as a five seed, but that's about as good as it would get. I don't think they could get any higher than that. I mean, you could say, okay, well, if they went undefeated, won 10 straight games, and then they won the SEC tournament, then, yeah, they'd probably get up to maybe a three seed, but that's not going to happen, folks. So let's just be realistic about it. But if we're really, truly being realistic about it, what's really going to happen is this team's going to end up being another eight or nine C. I'm sorry, folks. I know you're sick and tired of that because then you're probably going to have to play North Carolina again in the second round if you win. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully that's not the case. But uh, that's probably what realistically this team's going to be. They're still going to be in the NCAA tournament. I still believe that. Uh, They're talented enough. Their RPI is good enough. They just got to be able to win the games they should. And what I mean by that, of course, that's such an obvious statement, but what I mean by that is they have to beat South Carolina and Vanderbilt at home and Texas A&M at home. They have to beat at least Auburn or Kentucky, one or the other, at home. And then the rest of their road games, they have to win. They could win at A&M tonight, or it could be at LSU, at Ole Miss. Those are two games they should win. At Alabama is going to be difficult. I don't have them winning that one. And at Missouri, you never know. I probably wouldn't have them winning that one to close out the year. So if they can just win two, let's just put it this way. They'll probably win two, two more road games, we'll say. Is that fair? Yeah. We'll say they'll win two more road games and only lose one more home game. It's probably what's the safe bet, and that'll put them at an eight or nine seed. And uh, who knows whether they'll do that. But uh, that's kind of where I'm looking at it. So, uh, good question, and thank you, that uh, Colton. This one comes from Jerry. If the Hogs end up being an eight or nine seed, like Joe Lenardi says, what number one seed should they play? I, I, I think Jerry was basing this off of my comment of saying I'd like to see Arkansas play Virginia if Virginia ended up being the one seed and Arkansas being the eight or nine seed in the second round. People took that as just being like, oh, well, that's a recipe for sex. They'd wreck us. Who cares? Oh, that'd be terrible. Listen, I'm not saying Arkansas would win. I'd just like to see the conflicting styles and see who would be able to come out on top, who would be able to dictate the pace, who would be able to get out. Would it be Arkansas pushing the pressure and trying to get them out and out-athleticize them? Or would it be Virginia slowing it down, making Arkansas play the half-court game and forcing Arkansas into bad shots? It probably would be forcing Arkansas into bad shots because our Virginia is one of the better teams in the country. Uh, Bennett is one of the better coaches in the country for Virginia. They're not pretty games. They're very low-scoring, boring games to watch, but they get results and they play outstanding defense and it causes teams to get hurt. So I just like to see Virginia for that case. But if we're going off of like what possible number one seeds would be, just as long as it's not North Carolina, I think West Virginia would be a really fun matchup. I think that that, that type of game, my goodness, you talk about just how nuts that it could be up and down if you could be able to keep up with it all. But uh, that would be a fantastic matchup. 
just to see how the two uh, coaches with uh, – uh, of course, his name just escaped me, so I apologize. I can't believe it. Bob Huggins. There we go. Bob Huggins and how he would do. So I think that would be fine. But the, right now, if you're looking at the one seats, it's Virginia, Villanova, Kansas, and Purdue, according to Joe Lenardi. Purdue would probably be Arkansas's best bet. Uh, and it's not anything against Purdue, but Kansas and Villanova are very athletic teams. I feel like Arkansas just couldn't match up well against Virginia. Too much defense. Purdue, though, they like to slow it down. They're a good Big, t- big Ten team. But if I'm going to pick Arkansas to win a game, I feel like it would be against a Big Ten opponent. So uh, I'll, I'll probably go with that, and we'll stick with Purdue, although Virginia would be at least be interesting to me. All right, this next one comes from uh, – okay, I'm not even, I don't even know how to pronounce his name right now. This is <laughs> – so I think we're going to go with Fox, like F-A-U-X. Yeah, we're going to go with that because that's – that's the only part of that name I can read. So I apologize if I got it wrong. Anyways, Fox asks, why are some people wanting Mike Anderson gone? He is one of the better coaches in the SEC and has proven that over the past five years. He's not the best coach in the world, but he de- we definitely could do a lot worse. Um, listen, I-, I think that the Mike Anderson criticism just come along because there are some things about Mike that is a weakness of his. He he is not no he's not going to be Nolan Richardson as never is going to be. But then again, no one will ever be because Nolan Richardson was so ahead of the game. He was so innovative to where he created the style of play was far and away more advanced than what people were up to. And now that's not the case. Most teams are playing similar styles. They're they're getting athletes. They're pressuring. They're causing all types of issues there. And I feel like it's nothing special. It's nothing unique. And a lot of teams find it easier to play for. But that being said, that's not to say Mike Anderson's not a good coach. I still believe firmly that Mike Anderson is a top five coach in the SEC. Uh, some people might even make an argument for the top three. What he's been able to do and how consistent he's been as far as just wins and losses in the regular season. I get the tournament appearances haven't been as many as what people would have liked. I understand that they haven't advanced in the tournament as long as far as people would like. That's fine. Those are That's open criticisms. But you can't, you can't, cannot disregard the fact that Mike Anderson has been able to do some really good things at the university. He's been able to get guys to be able to play basketball in a fun way. He's been able to win some games, win some big-time matchups, have strong finishes to the seasons, uh, and make some runs in the in the SEC. Like, look at the SEC tournament for crying out loud. He's been in the finals two of the last three years. He could get back there this year. I mean, I've always, I've always looked at it as – and I think Colin Cowherd said it this way when talking about football coaches, but you can talk about it with any coach. Look at the SEC, folks. Right now, who would you trade straight up for Mike Anderson? Any other coach in the SEC? Who? Some of you may say Calipari. I mean, I can't stand the guy. The guy's a snake, a creep. But he does win. He does produce. So I get if someone said that. But who else for sure are you doing? Are you giving up? I mean, Bruce Pearl, yeah, he's pretty good, but the dude's got some baggage. And let's be honest, he's there's no way he's going clean over there at Auburn. I, I'm sorry. He, there's no way. So, I mean, you really want to go with him? I mean, Ben Howland? Yeah, he's good at UCLA, but he hasn't proved anything at Mississippi State. So, who else? Mike White at Florida? Frank Martin? Frank Martin, I'd at least uh, hear another argument for. Frank Martin would be a good coach. But besides that... There's really nobody that's for sure trade-up. So, I'm not saying Mike's great. I'm not saying he's going to win a national championship at Arkansas. I'm not saying that at all. But the people that are wanting Mike Anderson fired right now, 
hey, look at other teams and look what they've gone through. Unless you just know for sure that you could get somebody better, I don't think you make that risk. So, anyways, Mike's going to stay, sign an extension. He's the right man for the job, and he's never going to go anywhere. This is where he wants to be. And that's something to be said, at least, on that front. Okay, moving on to the football side of things. This one comes from James. Is Chad Morris a lifer at Arkansas? Okay, James, well, what I'm thinking that you're meaning, and if I'm getting this wrong, I apologize. But you're saying that if Chad Morris does well at Arkansas, is he going to stay at Arkansas? Or is he going to take the next big job? Hmm. Here's a good question, honestly. I feel like... uh, there hasn't been enough evidence or enough time spent around Chad Morris to know one way or the other, but I do know that he doesn't have the the greatest Arkansas connection. He's not from Arkansas. He he doesn't feel like this is you know this is just the perfect place, and he never wants to leave. I mean, coaches will say that, but even with Bielema, I felt like he he wanted to be here, and he didn't want to be anywhere else, and was never looking for uh, another job. And I could be wrong about that, but that's just the vibe I got. And I feel like Chad Morris hasn't given that off just yet. Now, that's not to say he wouldn't stay. That's not to say he's looking for the next big job. But, you know, I think if he's if he does well at Arkansas, Arkansas has the support and has the ability to, if it's money's an issue, Arkansas can up it. If it's facilities, Arkansas's got it. I mean, the only thing that can hold him back is the in-state recruiting, which I still feel like is an overblown issue. But... Uh, if that's it, then you know I feel like Arkansas can compete and keep coaches around as long as they uh, want to be around. So, anyways, I I wouldn't come on on a limb and say Chad Morris for sure is going to, but uh, you know I I just don't know I just don't know if he's going if you're wanting to sit here and say if he's uh, <laughs> if that's uh that's where they want to be right now and uh, that's where Chad Morris wants to be. He, he's at Arkansas. You got to give him time and see how it plays out, and you got to wait till he's successful, but. Right now, I think he's in a good spot. All right, this one comes from Jimmy. James and Jimmy. How do I J's? Jerry, James, and Jimmy. Jimmy says, who's the MVP of Hogs football this Who's Yeah, okay, who's the MVP of Hogs football this year? I'm assuming the Hog football team this year. Okay. Um, the MVP, if I'm going to go early with it, man, that's tough. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb and kind of get weird with it. I'm going to say Chase Hayden. I really liked what he gave to the team this past season as a true freshman. I liked his game from the very beginning. I feel like he's a big-time playmaker, and I feel like he, as long as he's going to recover from his injury nicely, he will be a big-time playmaker in this offense. I think it will fit him perfectly. It's something he can get really uh, can adapt to. I think he's got the athleticism, he's got the speed, he's got good hands. He's got it all. So if I have to choose one, I guess I'm going with, Ch- I guess I'm going with Chase Hayden. You know, just, that's just my very early, 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 early one. But uh, we'll go with that. So, all right. This one has no sports, nothing to do with sports. This comes from Lance. Fortnite tips. That's all it says. Man, I'm telling you, Fortnite is taking over the world, people. And I'm sorry that if you're getting pissed about me talking about Fortnite so much, but it's just everybody's playing it. And if you haven't played it, get on your Xbox One or PS4 or PC Download it and get ready for your life to be pretty much over the rest of the way. Um, but uh, I, I, Fortnite tips, I, I gave them before, so I don't know why you're needing them again. But the only other thing that I would add into the first ones I gave on the podcast a, a couple of days ago 
was that uh, I'm, I like to be more stealthy. You know, people like to build up and, uh, you know, have these huge monumental facilities and then they get shot down and it blows up and it's not, you know, it's just not the same anymore. Um, not me. I like to hide in bushes. I like to hide under stairs. I like to kind of just wait until somebody runs out in front of me, then I have a sneak attack on me. I don't go guns blazing uh, into uh, fighting in that. So uh, that's my other tip. I, and again, everyone has their own play style, but mine's to be more sneaky and more quiet. And I'm and I'm flattered by the amount of people that wanted to join our crew. Still looking for a fourth, by the way. All right, moving on to the nonsensical part of the podcast, as if that wasn't enough. Best movie, worst plot. This question was posed to me by one of the Twitter followers, and I got a lot of good responses. Um, just to kind of, I mean, it's a simple question. What's the best movie with the worst plot? And just to read a few of your responses, Jackson says The Room. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Nick says Grandma's Boy. Caleb says Weekend at Bernie's. Parker says Napoleon Dynamite. Nathan says, I feel like every comedy qualifies, so counting those out, Spider-Man 3? Okay, it's a great movie, but... That's one neither here nor there. Lance says Footloose, which I would agree. That's a that's it's pretty bad. Um, Bobby says Sucker Punch. I've never seen that movie, so I can't say one way or the other. Um, uh, yeah, Footloose is really ridiculous. The fact that that's uh, you know dancing outlawed in the city and all that. It's pretty ridiculous. I'd have to go Varsity Blues. I love Varsity Blues. It's a terrible pot though. The the it's just a mess all over the place. You don't know who's the good guy or who's the bad guy. Uh, love the movie. It's a good movie to watch, but it's kind of boring as far as the plot itself goes. Very cliche and very stupid. But anyways, I thought it was an interesting question. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm crazy in that. And I, maybe I'm overblowing it a little bit. But I do feel like it's a fascinating question. So thank you for that. Appreciate everybody listening to the podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud. You can also get after me on Twitter at Your Neighbor John for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll be sure to keep it going right here all week long. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then.